Hello and welcome to episode 8.5 or whatever we're calling it now. Uh, usual scripts for, I say usual scripts, it's the second week we've done two episodes, but uh, we have a special guest again this week. Uh, I think in the last episode I said they're not quite as attractive as our previous guest, which was Casey Phillips from uh, the Buccaneers reporter there, but we have got a genuine fan of college football to discuss uh, some draft sort of options for our teams and some other things he's going to talk about. Uh, we've also got Jamie, the producer on, and co-host Tom as per. And I think this episode isn't really going to be Tom, Jamie or I talking much. We are literally just going to hand over to, to Mark with all his knowledge and, and his stats and his figures that he's going to throw at us. And I think the three of us will probably just be sat in awe of, of, of your knowledge, Mark, I'll be honest. Um, we, we literally will. Um, and I think uh, I think what, what we've wanted to see first was uh, obviously you're a Raiders fan uh, and that's how we got to know each other and, and how, how did you get into NFL and what what sort of made you pick the Raiders or what you know what what, what, yeah, what made you pick them? <laughs> <laughs> I feel the pain you know I, I wasn't I wasn't a Raiders fan originally I was originally so I grew up like in I was born in 79 grew up in the 80s and it was when American football was kind of really taken off in the UK after the Chicago Bears had won you know and and, and that and I remember going to school and there was a guy called, a friend um, called Lee Taylor. Shout out Lee Taylor. You won't be listening to this. I haven't seen him since I was about 13. But on the <laughs> off chance that he is, I'm going to say hello to him. So me and my friend Lee used to go to the library and there used to be an American football annual. It must have been like 1991 or 1990 or something like that. And we used to read it and read all about these players, you know, like who were playing in the NFL. Um, you know, like your Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith, all these superstars, you know, and, and a lot of and a lot of um, a lot of me of the early NFL fandom just came from spending some time with me mate and just reading this annual. Um, took us ages to pick a football team, you know. Took us ages to pick an NFL team. Um, you know, I understand when people are new the game. It's not like football where you're born somewhere. Like I'm from Newcastle, which is like this really partisan city. And if you come from Newcastle, you're a Newcastle United fan, and that's it, you know. Um, it, it, when you're trying to pick a team, you know, from abroad, you know, or, or who you're not really related to in any way, it can be difficult because you haven't got that natural passion. So you want to put them down the second that something goes bad and you want to go, I don't want to follow them. I want to follow this team instead. And I've had lots of opportunity to endure and learn what patient <laughs> tolerance is being a Raiders fan. So originally I dotted around teams I must admit when I was like 10 or 11 my mates were all Dallas Cowboys or Miami Dolphin fans my surname Steele made sense for us to be a Steelers fan so I was a Steelers fan for a little bit and then I read about Martin Luther King and how Newcastle was twinned with Georgia and how Martin Luther King had come to Newcastle University and we were the only university to give him a doctorate when he was still alive so I became an Atlanta Falcons fan. And then by the time I was about 13, 14, I was listening to NWA. And I was listening to rap music. And that was my vibe. And there was Raiders merch everywhere. So, you, could, you know, it become really available to start going into your sports shops and buying a Raiders cap. And the patch looked really cool. And I was 13 and I loved this band. So I ended up becoming a Raiders fan. And it's kind of just stuck. I always um, I'm always on Twitter trying to petition the Raiders fans. I don't know if you see. I try to bring them across to being Newcastle United fans because I say, look, we wear black and white. Yeah, it's black. We wear silver. Black and white, silver and black. It's yeah, fine, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We wear black and white. You wear silver and black. Oakland's got a bridge. 
when it was opening. <laughs> you know, like, we've got a bridge, the Tyne Bridge. You've got the Blackpool. <laughs> we've got the Gallagher end. You've won football for years. We've won even less, you know what I mean? <laughs> and and yeah. but, but some of them aren't buying it, like, you know. <laughs> so, but yeah, so that's in a roundabout way of how I end up following the Raiders and being Leobard with them, you know. <laughs> yeah, excellent. I like quite. I quite like that. Um, that you didn't pick one team and and stick to them. Really, I quite like that. Um, that it took you a while to pick that. We we sort of advise people to just pick a team and stick with them. Really, um, for our, for I think teams. it's different the way that we are at the moment. In because it's so pride now football. It's so big in the UK. It's kind of one that thing now. You have to pick a team and stick with it. Back in the nineties, it wasn't that big in the in the UK. Like I said, it was growing. But not to the standard where it is now, where it's selling out Tottenham and Wembley like that. It's it's ridiculous. I was like 11 as well. And you know, yeah. like I was supporting Newcastle United and we were rubbish. And I just wanted to pick a team of one for a change. <laughs> <laughs> like I just wanted to be a glory seeker and have something to chat about on a weekend. You know what I mean? Though? But I ended up with the real house and so do you, do you have a what, college um, team? Oh, do I have I'm a sorry, college yeah, team? Yeah, yeah, I have. I like Auburn. Auburn's my college team. Bo Jackson was the big famous player from Auburn. Bo Jackson, real as legend, of course. So I've always kind of followed Auburn. Um, I like Cal. I like Cal. I like you know, like the California Golden Bears. They've had some really good players come out. You know, Goff and Aaron Rodgers and Marshawn Lynch. Uh, Deshaun Jackson came out of there. You know, they're like they were from. They were like you know. Oakland region, you know, so it seemed they're, they're kind of like the teams that I keep an eye on. Yeah, they're like the, they're like the two teams who I follow. Um, it's easier to watch Auburn games, so that's why I've kind of watched Auburn, like primarily supported Auburn, you know, as a college team. Yeah. What are you going to say, Tom? What got you into the college game? <sighs> Obsession, compulsion, <laughs> having, having very little life, the need to be able to throw myself into something and just yeah. study the living life out of it. Um, life and wanting to run away from it. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I've got like this kind of mind or this kind of personality, which just is an all or nothing personality. And then, um, you know, I don't drink alcohol. I don't do that kind of stuff. Um, and I suppose the NFL and college football and all that stuff for me is kind of like a glass of wine for me. It's yeah. where I go to switch off. It's where I go just to zone out from what's going on. You know, and, and NFL I loved first, but the more I started watching NFL and the more I started looking at the draft and the scouting combine, the more I wanted to go watch college football, the more I wanted to do this myself and start doing little notebooks full of, full of scripts on players and spreadsheets and mock drafts. And really, for me, it's just, it's, it's, I don't do it for any kind of recognition. It's just, it just keeps us sedated. It just puts us in a nice place, helps yeah. us go to sleep on an evening and really yeah. just helps us get from A to B in a pretty good mind space, you know? Excellent. Yeah, I love Absolutely. that. Love it. Yeah. Um, so I think um, in terms of, we're midway through a season, so you have a sort of rough idea of who's going to be getting that number one pick. I think we all know who's going to get that number one pick. Mm, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I think you've got the city right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's going to be the Jets, and it's pretty obvious who they're going to take, I think. But beyond the, Trevor Lawrence going to New York, who else do you see going early on, and where do you sort of see 
certain players yet. There's a few names that have been talked about, a few other quarterbacks that are up there. I think you've mentioned them in, in the group chat. Um, but who do you see going where at the moment? Um, quarterback's always going to be prioritised. Because, you know, like if, if, you know, when it comes to cap allocation, if you can get a quarterback on a rookie deal, you know, like you've got your biggest cap hit, you know, like or which, which for any normal team would be your biggest cap hit tied up in this rookie deal. You know, we've got a quarterback for cheap um, and it allows you to throw darts at other positions and build a good team around a rookie quarterback. So it's quarterback driven league. You're not going to you're not going to win the Super Bowl. You know, unless you've got a good quarterback. You know, the 49ers found that out last year. You know, the adequate middle of the road. Not the worst quarterback, not the best quarterback. But you ain't going to win the Super Bowl with that. The days of winning the Super Bowl with your Joe Flacco's, you know, and your Trent Dilfas and that. Yeah, Eli Manning's. Yeah. You need to have that next big thing, a quarterback. And I think... I think at least 10 or 12 teams in the, in the NFL are going to be chasing that next big thing at quarterback. So you're going to see quarterbacks probably fill three of the first five positions. You know, um, I, I'm not too sure if the Jets are going to do themselves out of that first pick. I think that the Jags are starting to slide now. I think that Denzel Mims and Perryman, you know, I think the Jets are in danger of winning one or two games and getting themselves out of that first round pick and the Jags, or even Carolina, if Teddy Bridgewater is injured, you know, like being bad enough to be able to slip into it. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence is going to be the number one pick, generational quarterback, um, plays at a big program, has done it on a big level, has got athleticism, he's got a great arm, he can throw it to all levels of the field, he's intelligent. Um, yeah, he's, he's everything you want from a number one pick. Beyond him, you've got... Um, the kid out of um, Ohio State, whose name has now escaped is Justin Fields. Um, another five-star prospect who coming into college, you know, was, was right beside Trevor Lawrence coming into college. A bit more mobile, again, exciting, can throw at all levels, played at the top level. In any normal year, he would be the first one to be taken, first quarterback to be taken. But of course, Trevor Lawrence is in this draft. So number one and number two were pretty much nailed on. I would be... I would remortgage my house. I would sell my trainer collection. No, I would put my girlfriend on the street to raise more money. <laughs> I like how this and is recording put... now, so we're going to re-show <laughs> this in our, our next year. <laughs> <laughs> and I would and I would put it all on those two being number one and two. You know, the first two picks out in the draft. Um, there's a lot of teams who would be able to match up with them. You know, the Jets are obviously... They've got Sam Donald, who I don't think is a bad quarterback. He's just not oh, as good as these two. I don't mind Donald. I think that somebody like the Steelers who are really savvy, you know, like we'll 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 snaffle Donald up and let him sit for a year, and they've got their ready-made replacement for Ben Roethlisberger, and they'll not miss a beat as a result of it. They'll just go from being perennial Super Bowl contenders to being perennial Super Bowl contenders because that's how good franchises are run. And they'll probably get him for a second round draft pick and make everybody else look foolish. Um, but yeah, if the Jets are there, they're going to take one of those two. Uh, the Jags are going to want one. You know what I mean? The Jags are going to want one of them. Teddy Bridgewater has done enough at Carolina to, you know, like not make it too drastic. But if they're there, they're going to take one again. You know, Washington, Washington and definitely need one. I think the Chicago Bears would like to get up there to get one, but I think their defence is probably going to keep them out of the, out of the rush. 
So yeah, there's a few there's a few suitors for the obvious two candidates. You know, if you want to look beyond that, if you want to look beyond those, you know, who's number three, who's number four, who's number five, and who's number six? You know, it's a really deep quarterback class this year. So the six quarterbacks are within a shot of being first-round draft picks. If you've got Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, you've got um, the one that I want to talk about, you know, like, is Mac Jones, you know, like, who's come out of uh, Alabama. So he's went in Alabama. He's had to replace Tua, who's been a legend, you know what I mean, who, who regarded, because Alabama wasn't known for producing great quarterbacks. It was known as a, a really good offensive, really good defensive line team. You know, with lots of five-star athletes everywhere and they will just run the ball down your throat. You know, you've got McCallan and you've got all these players who have come out of there but not really done amazing things in the NFL. But now you've got Tua, you know, like who came in and, and he was at first, you know, big, glory, well-vaunted quarterback who's went in the draft. And I think everybody thought, we'll get Mark Jones in and we'll start going back to what Alabama do this Grounded out, run behind, run behind Najee Harris, run teams in the ground, use a big, strong offensive line and dominate time of possession and just bully on defense and just choke the life out of you. Mark Jones has come in and been sensational. Hasn't got the greatest arm, but throws the most pretty deep ball you'll probably see out of all the college quarterbacks this year. Um, throws at all three levels, but it's his deep ball that he throws with such good touch. Um, like I said, he hasn't got the biggest arm. He hasn't got the best measurements. But you look at him and, and, and you think, if he declares this year, how much is he going to upset the pile of what's behind him kind of thing? Um, so I'm really interested in seeing how Mac Jones progresses. Um, another one who we've talked about before in the past, Trey Lance, is slightly different because for him, it's where's, your, where, where, where's, his, where's his floor? You know, like his ceiling is sky high. You look at him, he's built well. He's got a great arm. He, he can run with the ball. He's fast. He can take, you know, like he, he can, he, we played one game this year. And I think his, his touchdown run was being the highlight of Twitter. And everyone was showing it and everybody bought into it. Pierce in North Dakota State, you can only beat what's in front of you. Very low level talent. Only thrown one interception in college. And that was this, this year. And you can't really count that with the whole COVID and one game to impress. Um, his ceiling is so high. Like Mahomes, like high. You know, you watch him play and he plays the game fun. And he, he can move and he's mobile and he'll eat you up with the odds. And he's, but he's accurate as well. And he can play under centre and he can play out with shotgun. And the only thing that there's a gamble, you, you think, well, God, this, sound, this guy sounds brilliant. What, where's the gambling? It's that level of experience and it's that level of competition. I think he, more than anything, needed a full year of college football um, just to show that he could repeat it again before going into the NFL. Um, yeah, so there's, 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 a, there's a few guys there who are doing really well. The kid out of, um, kid out of Florida, wasn't even a starter, you know, like a high, a, a, a high school level. He's coming to Florida, Kyle Trust. Big guy, you know, got the size, got the stature. His arms improved. I thought he didn't have such a great arm. He's a very prototypical drop-back 
in the pocket quarterback, but he's big and you've, they've got him to bully some runs and things like that. And he's kind of, I don't do com- comparisons this early, but he kind of reminds me of Ben Roethlisberger, you know, like not the most agile runner, but good for eating up a few yards, hard to get down. You'll have to drag him down in the pocket, you know, and, and, and he'll be able to make plays off his back foot and stuff. You know, before the season, if anybody's having like a Joe Burrow like rise, why still not for number one? Because he's, you know, like the, the quarterback class this year is far deeper. You're talking about a guy who came in at the back end of the year last year and was third or fourth round draft pick. And this year he's played himself. He's played himself into the first round. And I wouldn't be surprised if he goes in the first round, in the back end of the first round. And then you've got Zach Wilson out of um, BYU. You know, who we've talked about. I haven't seen a great deal of them because BYU aren't on BT Sport so much. And I'm at the mercy of BT Sport. And until more tape and film comes out, you can't really always hang your hat on these players. I don't like reading other people's draft reports. Although I do, I'd like to make my own eyesight, you know, like, and what do I see and what do I think. But the kid's good. You know, he loves a bootleg. He's very mobile. He's got guts. He's cut down the mental errors. You can see he's been working really hard. Got a bit of a slingshot action, you know, has a bit of a side action, you know, like, but um, but but in the days NFL, you have to be able to throw from multiple areas anyway. You know, like you look at Mahomes and he sling it from here and with Wilson and even Derek Carr's got this kind of little snap which he's got this year where you have to be able to change the, the angle of the trajectory because defensive lines are so vaunted now, you know. So whereas that would once be a negative, his action isn't over at the top. Now, now I don't think it really makes a difference, but he's got a bit, he's a bit spunky. That's the word I would use for him. He's got a bit of attitude. He's a bit spunky and he's a bit brash, but his players backing it up at this moment in time. So in terms of fits, because I feel like I've just been talking about those guys and might have lost the listeners. I'm sorry if I have. In terms of fits, Mac Jones... Bill, uh, you know, like the, the, the Patriots, you know, you know, like Saban and Belichick have got this mutual respect and they share a lot of information about players. I think he would look at somebody like Matt Jones and think, yeah, this is a new direction for us. He's better down the field. He can stretch the play. He's sensible. He's got really good intelligence. He comes from a really good program. He can work our offense quite well. I think that would be a really good fit. I think Jags, Jets, um, Washington would love to get one in the top two, you know what I mean? But see if Washington, in a poor division, managed to win a couple of games and they're now picking seventh or eighth. I think Zach Wilson might be a better a better target for them than someone like Trey Lance. I would love to see Trey Lance in a really good offensive playbook who will make use of him on play action and use him as a threat in the run game and support him with a really good run game. So Kyle Shanahan at the 49ers, I would love that kind of match. I would love to see something like that happen with Trey Lance or the Saints or someone like that, you know what I mean, who will re, you know, who can get a hold of him, really, re, really build an offense around him. I think that Kyle Shanahan would love somebody like Trey Lance. Kyle Trask, you know, if, if Pittsburgh were to take the quarterback and, and if they were picking at the back end of the first round, say they do get the Super Bowl or they get the AFC Championship, they could do a lot worse than taking somebody like Kyle Trask and starting to build behind Ben, you know, and, and having a look at what's behind Ben. Um, 
you've got teams like like Chicago Bears who are going to be in for a quarterback. You know, you know, there's there's teams there who else are going to be looking around, but looking at where good fits are. You know, like and and it's hard to match a player up to a team. It's easier to match a player up to the region where you think he's going to go. So someone like Mac, you know, Mac Jones, if he enters the draft, he's going to be in that. 10 to 12 region, which falls into where New England are at the minute. You know, someone like Kyle Trask is going to be at the back end of the first round. So you're looking at somebody like Pittsburgh or, you know, like New England, uh, sorry, uh, New Orleans, someone well, like that. Well, you're saying a book, because everybody else is just calling us new, like New England now anyway. So like, <laughs> <laughs> How many times the commentators actually said New England? You did it again the other day. I kept saying, yeah. New England, I'm sorry, Tampa Bay. <laughs> Tampa Bay fake-triots, as I would like to, to sort of label them. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I'm still, I'm, I think Tom touched right there. You, you've certainly got me listening um, more more to. With with our last guest, Casey Phillips, I was more staring than listening, to be honest. With, uh, with yourself, I'm more listening. I can take me top off if it helps, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you know, if we get to 100 subscribers on YouTube, maybe that's a, a, an angle we can go down. Um, but uh, what, what are you seeing for... I'm going to go selfish here. Sorry, boys. What are you seeing for the Raiders? Where, where do you think we're going to go as it stands? You have to look at how we've attacked the draft for ideas over the last two years. And I was seeing just before we came on here, you know, it's easier to analyse the Raiders because I follow them in such depth, the same as you, Matt. You know, one thing that the Raiders have shown over the last two years since the Gruden in Miok, marriage, is that if they've got a position of need, they'll throw multiple darts at it. For example, in the first year, we had a clear need at edge. We got Clay Ferrell at number four. We came back round and got Max Cosby. This year, wide receiver. We got Ruggs with the first pick. and We came back and got Edwards. And I think when you look at what we've done and where we're allocating our cap, we place clear value in our offensive line because we need to keep Derek Carr clean. When Derek Carr is under pressure, he goes from being a really good quarterback when he's got time to being one of the worst quarterbacks in the league when the, cap, when the pocket's collapsing around him and he has to go off script, although he's got better at it this year. So there's a lot of value in protecting him and keeping him upright to the point where I think we've got the most expensive offensive line in the NFL. We've got two bookend positions. One's a rookie contract, Colton Miller, who's having a Pro Bowl-like season and no one's recognising it in the press. The guy's been amazing. We've got Trent Brown on the right-hand side, who's our big ticket free agent, who we've barely seen. The way his contract is structured, Trent Brown's on about £14 million next year, so he's actually, we can actually keep him. And it's not, we're paying him no more than an average right tackle. And his, his upside is so high, you know? So I think... Colton Miller's contract's going to be coming up in two years. What you don't want is you don't want to have a left tackle on big money and a right tackle on big money. What you want is you want one on a rookie deal and then you allocate your money to the one who's a veteran. It makes absolute sense to me, too much sense for the radars, for us to target a right tackle in the first round of the draft. Then what you do is if you've got Trent Brown, who can play or not play, as it is at the moment, ahead of him on the depth chart, what you would hope to see is Trent Brown start and Colton Miller on the other side. See a year of Trent Brown. Bring your rookie in in the second year. You can move on for Trent Brown with no cap hit. Give the money of paying Trent Brown to Colton Miller. And then you've kept your balance of the, of the sheet, you know, of the bank sheet. 
Um, knowing the radars would probably come back and go for a second one later on because that's what Trent says. I haven't had a great look at deeper offensive line talent. I've had a look at, uh, at what we've got there, you know, who's available. And we've talked about a few before in the past on our radars thread. You know, Sam Cosme from Texas is going to be an option. He's your finesse kind of player. You know, he's got really good foot usage. He's really athletic. He's a bit more what Colton Miller was coming out. If you want a mauler, someone who's a real powerhouse, gets away with sloppy hands, but is a really good big booty, which is, I guess, what you want. You know, he's got a lot of sand in the bottom of his blue half, you know, to, to anchor. You know, you've got Alex Leatherwood at, um, at Alabama. You've got the kid, Luke uh, uh, Eitenberg, I think it is. I'm probably pronouncing his name wrong. Uh, not with Dam, not with him. No, he, he's a good player. They've produced a, a barrage of good linemen. Um, he's going to be in that mix. Um, you've got a generational left tackle this year in the draft, and Penny Sewell. He's going to if if there's not three quarterbacks taken in the first three picks, it's going to be two quarterbacks and Penny Sewell. You know what I mean? Um, we're, he's we're not we're, we're already out of the race for Penny Sewell. Somebody's going to land an excellent offensive tackle in him. But yeah, I mean, it's a bit early to marry people up, but I would be, I, I, I feel that a right tackle or offensive tackle is going to be a position that we're going to target early in the draft. So second round, to really deep safety class. Uh, I love Pavis Ford out of pit. Um, just because his energy and his high motor, he can play both safety positions. He's got interceptions. He's already declared he bailed out on pit halfway through the season. I don't blame him. He's going to make a lot of money in the draft. Yeah, he might. So he might fall the second round because there's such a deep safety class. And and I would love to see him paired up with Abram in the backfield. They're both. They would vibe. What we're building that real nasty smack in the mouth, bully kind of backfield that young dog-like backfield that was starting you know like you know like um second level that was starting to build on defense you know he would fit in really well with what we've got there you know like oh net loves to hit you mullen not the best tackler but he'll get in your face and he'll press you and he'll hurt you abram will just lay you out <laughs> you know and then you've got somebody like you know palace ford if we were to get someone like him who's just a missile he's just another abram but slightly better in coverage. I would love to see someone like him fall to us in the second round. Um, yeah, so there's, there's a couple which I've got my eye on already for the for the readers. Good. So, so I think you touched on, you, you've done quite a bit on an edge class, and um, it's something the Giants have been screaming out for year after year, to be fair. Um, and again, this year, I think a lot of the, the Giants fans are saying, again, we, we still don't have that elite edge um you know at the moment we've got O'Shane Jimenez I think he was out of Old Dominion two years ago and we've got Lorenzo Carter who's on the IR missing the season so again it's something we need to look at I think about three weeks ago if you'd asked me I, I think we would have probably dipped back in for a left tackle again if we were you know if the fans were picking just because Andrew Thomas was having an absolute stinker but something seems to have clicked don't get me wrong we've only played Washington and and the Eagles but um, he seems to be having, you know, his bad traits coached out of him, and I'm quite 
comfortable if that continues that we won't need to dip in. We've got him on the left and Matt Pert on the right. Um, so I think we'd probably be in a luxurious position to to push for an edge, whether we'd go so high on that, I don't know. But um, I'm hoping we're going to be at about 20th in our pick because we're that good. Um, you but, might be if you um, win that division. You could still have a 6 yeah. and 10 record and end up with the 20th yeah. pick, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm interested because they are certainly players I, I'll be keeping an eye out for as well as well as wide receiver because we are screaming out for for uh, another wide receiver. Although Darius Slayton is unbelievable. Um, we do need to pack that out a bit more. Yeah, I mean, we've talked a little bit before about what the Giants need to do. And the good news is, is Gettleman has trends, but his trend is drafting, you know, like defensive tackles. And I'm just surprised he's don't just line up four defensive tackles <laughs> on the offensive line, to be honest with you. But yeah, he, edge, edge player, it's not the deepest edge class, Tom. You know, if there was a position that I would say hasn't got that star power this year, it's going to be edge. I mean, it's got very good players. So Gettleman will definitely go then. That's, that's <laughs> just absolute sod's law. He'll be in there. You're going to have really good pros come out, but you haven't got that top yeah, like that top tier Bosa or Chase Young or Miles Garrett. Yeah. You know, this big edge name who was coming out and you just haven't got that this year. What you've got is you've got a lot of very good high floor edge players that can do a little bit of everything. The kid who was the most interesting declared dead early, you know, Gregory Rousseau. He was um, safety, corner, wide receiver, high school, started playing edge late. You know, he had a great year last year at Miami. The kid's six foot five, 260, between 260 and 270 pounds. Athletic, dead raw, was still able to get the quarterback, but he declared for the draft. So you know he's going. And I think you're looking at him and you're thinking, what, what, what can he be? You know, what he, he, he was getting the quarterback for Miami of very limited pass rushing repertoire. It's just sharp athleticism speed that was getting there. So I think, you know, like a defensive line coach is going to look at him and go, let me get my hands on him. He's going to be a top 10 pick because athleticism is drafted as high as anything in the NFL these days. Um, there's a couple of guys from Penn State, your team, your college team. You know, like obviously you had a Utah Gross Matos, who I loved last year, who went to Carolina and has done quite well. So the two lads who have come in and replaced him, Jason Owe is another athletic, you know, long, about 250 pounds, six for four, six for five, you know, like edge for Penn State. You know, unless you, unless you get the, the playoffs, Tom, you know, where are you going to be picking? You know, if you don't make the playoffs, you're going to have like a... Listen, the playoffs, it's a done deal. We're making it. We're already in there. The ticket's sealed after this Eagles win. Trust me. <laughs> well, if, if, if you're going to be getting the playoffs and you're going to be picking in those 20s, Jason Owe is a really good shout for you. Um, the kid from um, Michigan, who I really liked, and it was, is another riser, pretty pay, you know, 270 pounds, grown man strength. You would think he was like a, a run stopping edge, but he's not. He's got great burst. He's meant to have one of the freakiest shuttles going, you know, like he's meant to be an athletic freak for 270 pounds. Stout, powerful, bull rush you, got bend, has flex, you know, can can hit the corner, can has got a lot of bend about him, can scream around the edge. He's his arrow is pointing right up. And if you know, like at the start of the year, I would have had him in the last, you know, like at the end of the first round. Now he's playing himself into a top ten kind of pick, like you know. So there is there is some good edges there. 
they just don't have the pedigree of what we've seen yeah. in previous years. Um, wide receiver is a different thing. This, you know, we thought last year's wide receiver class was good. You know, this year's is, is even better. You know, it's even better. And I think it's testament to the way the college game is, you know, where the, the, the line-up with multiple, you know, four or five wide receiver sets that have as many, many pass catchers and playmakers on the field at once and, um, and it's producing wide receivers at a rapid rate as the college game like the NFL, becomes more pass-orientated and there's more shotguns and there's more, um, you know, like, like there's, there's just more air raid and stuff like that, like, you know. So the wide receiver, you've got, obviously, you've got the, um, the kid from LSU, uh, Jamal Chase, who declared early. Very good player. You know, you've got, um, you've got the two lads from Alabama, Devontae Smith, real thin, 165 pounds, dead light, you know, like, you get more meat on a party hot dog, but the you know like but the kid can really play. You know he's a senior. He's done it for multiple years. He wins at all three levels. He's got really good hands. I'm scared for his life in the NFL that someone like John Abrams coming down into the slot to hit him. <laughs> I think he might just evaporate. But um, you know he's he, he's he's such a good player. He runs such good routes. He's got such good hands. He's if he if he if he can. I don't. The worst thing is I don't think he's got the frame that can pack on muscle. I look at him. Yeah. I think he's just a lean kid. Um, but production, athleticism, traits, pedigree, he's going to go first round. Jalen Waddle, his teammate Waddle Waddle. Um, he can. He's a flyer, probably faster than Ruggs last year. Injured. Gonna, you're not going to see him again in the draft. Um, that kid's. That kid's going to go first round. Um, really, it's what you want, wide receiver. You know, it's it's the NFL's moved. If you want your speed stuff, there's one there. If you want your possession kind of box you out kind of guy, there's some there. Jamal Chase would definitely fit in that mold. If you want a field stretcher, you know, if you want somebody who can win at all levels, Smith, Devonta Smith. You've got Terrence Marshall Jr., who's came in for Jamal Chase at LSU, six foot three. 200 pounds, five-star athlete, was overshadowed at LSU behind Jefferson and Chase. Chase declaring has allowed him to come out and start playing. Kid's unreal, you know what I mean? He's shown his five-star yeah. pedigree. He's going to be a first-round pick. You know, you've got Rondell Moore from Purdue, who's a yards-after-catch machine. You know, like, he's five foot eight, but he's rapid. He's a jitterbug. He's going to get the ball. He's exciting. He's, he, he can take any touch to the house because he's just so good with the ball in his hands. You know, so, yeah, there's, there's a bit of everything in this year's wide receiver class. And I'd probably say it's the most stacked position alongside safety and quarterback this year. Decent, decent. So We're desperate for one. For we are teams. screaming for one. But what about the books then after we win the Super Bowl? We've talked about this. It's hard <laughs> because whenever I'm trying to do picks for other teams. Unless I've seen you, I don't know your needs. And I saw you play us and I looked at you and I thought, Christ, you haven't got any. You know what I mean? But then you, <laughs> then, then, then you went and got beat off the Saints, which kind of tells us that you must have one or two. And I think the easiest thing is to look at where you've got age on your lineup and think, well, that's naturally where you want to go. Well, that's Brady. I don't think you're going to be replaced. You're in, win, you're in a win now mode. You know what I mean? I don't think you're going to be looking a quarterback yet. I think you're going to be looking at defensive tackle though. Obviously, you've got Sue there. 
at the moment. Mm-hmm. And um, I think eventually you're going to need to be replacing someone like Sue. So you've got like Jay Tufele, Tufele at USC. Um, you know, he's shared over 300 pounds, about six foot three and stout. You know, he's a, he's a good, he can play three tech or one tech. You know, one tech shade, he can line up over the nose, over the, um, the center, or he can play between the gap between, you know, the guard and the, and the tackle, and he can bust for a pass and get up the field. So you can play a few different schemes. I think he's a really good bet for somebody like you and a name you should get yourselves involved with. Uh, Twyman, who's a um, pit, is another defensive tackle. Um, he's breaking Aaron Donald's, uh, you know, like Aaron Donald's records at Pitt. Um, he's smaller. He's a three-tech. He's about 295 pounds. Um, he's another name you could be looking at. Good team stack. Talent on talent. You know, you got Winfield Jr. this year with free safety. Because the safety class is so deep, you might get somebody like Andreas Sisko. You know, you might get somebody like Palace Ford, who I was talking about earlier on. You know, if you're going to be in the Super Bowl or if you're going to be in the playoffs, which, I'm, which you are, let's face it. You know what I mean? Those are the kind of names you want to get to know. Those are the kind of names you want to get to know. Mike Evans, what's going to happen with Mike Evans? For whatever reason, he doesn't look as much of a threat this year with Brady as quarterback. Is it because Brady hasn't got the arm to make outside throws regularly? And he did a few, he tried a few earlier on the end, got picked off for seven. I don't know. But, you know, Mike Evans, although he's getting feet in the paint, which counts, touchdowns, he's, he's, he's not having, outside of that, he's not having a statistically great season. You know, it might be that you, might be that you, you, you think we're in this win-now mode. We'll take what we've got for him. We'll take, you know, he's going to fetch a good price. We'll build some draft capital and we'll, 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 look, at, we'll look at maybe making two picks in the first round instead of one, you know. Um, sorry about that, because I know you're a Mike Evans fan. No, Mike Evans. I think he's, like I said, he's elite quarter, like quarter. He's elite wide receiver. He's one of the best in the yeah. league, and he's yeah. still playing at 70 percent at the moment because of his ankle. Uh, well, that might be one of the reasons why he's not doing so well. Then, Jamie, you know, it might be yeah. that that he's that he's not fully fit. Don't fall for it, Mark. He's been using this since the start of the season. Yeah, it's 50 and it doesn't, this is what I mean. Shite and he's still about. getting the touchdown. He's either fit or Chris he's Godwin's, not. Chris Godwin's he's playing, got eight fingers, he's and he's fit. still banging them in. <laughs> I mean, he's got like two fingers like attached together and he's still catching ridiculous balls. Can it peer them all, though, Jamie? You can't peer them all. <laughs> you know, and Godwin's going to be coming up soon, isn't he? You know, so you can't peer them all, mate. You know, and, and I think and Brady clearly you know, calls the shots. Sorry? Absolutely. Cool. Brady clearly calls the shots out there now. Yeah. Otherwise, he wouldn't have got Antonio Brown. And he, he yeah. doesn't, for some reason, he's not connecting with Evans and he's loving Scotty Miller. I think, I think the writing's on the wall there. Which would probably be a good move for you, Jamie. I know you love him, but by the sounds of it, from from what class is coming up, you might be able to replace him for cheap. And that's what it is. That's what the draft is. It's about mm. cap management. It's about how... You see, again, to go back to the Vieras, we were talking about it, you know, like just as fans, we all have our favourite players, but it's not the way that the team looks at it. You know, we took Colton Miller above Derwin James. I had a perm the day before we did that. <laughs> you know, I was like pulling all my hair over because Derwin James was a much better player. But then I thought about it and I thought, you know, one's a left tackle, one's a safety. You know, who gets where where if you're back, if you're getting a left tackle in free agency, you're paying 20 million for one. If you're getting a top tier safety, 
you're paying like 11 or 12 or something like that, like, you know, yeah. for the best seat, you know, and that's, that's the truth of it is that it makes more sense in the draft to prioritize edge quarterback, cornerback, wide receiver, you know, offensive tackle. It's a passing game. So it's about yeah. throwing the ball, protecting the thrower, catching the ball, stopping the catch, getting to the passer. And that's what it's about, you know what I mean? So your positions like Mika Parsons, who's a, who's a linebacker, who's unreal at Penn State, who I absolutely love, and for me is a top three, top five talent, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like that, in that level, might fall out and might, might end up going number nine, 10 or 11. And people are yeah. sitting there going, wow, he's four, he's a slider. And it's not. It's because middle linebackers play about 80% of defensive snaps. You know, and you can go out in free agency and get somebody like Kowatowski. Or, right? or Blake Martinez. Or Blake Martinez. You know, <laughs> you know, and, you know for, for, for pennies compared to what you're getting other players for. So, yeah. you know, unless you're a team like, like Tampa Bay, you know, who got white. And that defense was amazing even then. You know what I mean? You know, that defense was starting to become good then. He was the final piece, what they needed. You know, unless you're in that position, it makes no sense getting linebackers and things like that that early. Name me the last linebacker that was taken in the first round who's made such an impact that they've almost been defensive rookie of the year con- contenders. Yeah. You know, you're talking about Luke Keekley. You know, and, 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 and that's because linebackers, they're not on the field that much. You, the way you play a lot out with nickel, you play a lot out with dime. Your linebackers are on the field, even if you're a three-down linebacker. You're on the field, 75, 80, 80 snaps, you're off. You're not on, you're not a 100-snap player. You know, and, and 100-snap player. It's, it's, some positions are undervalued now as a result of it, you know. The Raiders have been crying out for a linebacker in the draft for years, but we've never prioritised it. And to some extent, I kind of respect them for it because I'm kind of like, yeah, and a bit of a defunct position nowadays, like, you know. You, you, yeah. you play out a nickel so much, you know, that you, it's, you're better off taking a third cornerback than you are taking a linebacker sometimes, like, you know. The safeties and stuff can play there now as well, can't you? I mean, you look at Jabril Peppers, yeah. the guys the guys all over the place, and he'll fill that slot. Yeah. Um, See, so you, you're Buchanan. right. Dion Buchanan. When the Arizona Cardinals took Dion Buchanan from Washington, um, you know, he was a safety and a big hit in safety, and Todd Bowles, you know, Jamie's guy there, you know, like turned him into a linebacker, you know, like and he was this kind of 217, 215 pound middle linebacker. And that's the trend of linebackers. Now you can almost argue like Dion Buchanan changed the mold for linebackers in the NFL, especially where you're playing, you know, where you're playing like a three, four set, you know, where they've got these 217, 210 fast bullet, like safety converted linebackers, yeah. like, you know, Jibbel Preppers is, I think he's such a good player. I really like them coming out. Um, I yeah. think he's a really, I think, I think he got, you know, looking back at that OBJ deal, like, you know what I mean? You know, you yeah. got rid of the draw, man. And, and, you know, like, and, and, and you got some decent players out there as well, you know? Yeah, we tried to replace the drama with Golden Tate, right? But um, Pepper, Peppers is, is coming on under Graham massively. Um, and, you know, he was voted team captain this year. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I, Matt, I know Matty, I know you like him, what you've seen of him recently. Um, I, I, I slagged him off after the first Eagles game. It was probably the worst game he's had this season. He blew coverage for the Boston Scott touchdown, which ended up, you know, caused, losing us a game. But yeah, he's, he's come on leaps and bounds um, and hopefully he continues. I, I like them nasty players and, and he, 
he makes me sick sometimes with the speed yeah. he runs at people and and it hits someone on the run and you know he's rushing off he's rushing off the edge now coming from safety blitzing. Yeah. I absolutely love to see that. So um just safety is starting to have such a big influence on the day's NFL. You know, like yeah. they're not just this too high sit back last line of defence. You see like Adams, what Adams has what Adams did at the Jets and what they're trying to get him to do at the Seahawks. They just blitz them. We're doing it with Abram. You know, we needed pass rush. You watch how many times we hear us send Abram in the backfield now as a result of it. That kid's like a yeah. stick of dynamite when he hits you. He's <laughs> yeah. brilliant. I love him. I, I absolutely love Abram. I, I could watch him for days. Yeah. He's fantastic. Frustrating. He's <laughs> yeah. great to watch. But there's some moments when you're like, oh my God. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's just he, he has this habit of tackling without his arms out. So you'll see him just running and just fling himself, you know, like like a, like a torpedo, but he seems to hit people more than often. Like it's, it's got, he's got a really, he's just reckless, but he's brilliantly reckless. The kind of reckless you want to keep, you know? <laughs> yeah. Is there uh, is there any other sort of names that you've not really touched on that you've got to stand out or yeah. keep an eye out for? There's a couple, of, there's a corner. Um, if you were a fan of the NFL in the 90s and the early 2000s, there was a guy who played for the Seattle, uh, sorry, for the New Orleans Saints called Joe Horn. He was famous for pulling out a mobile phone from his sock once and do it. And he got fined for it, you know, to do a touchdown <laughs> celebration. Um, his son is in this year's draft from South Carolina. Um, JC Horn, the cornerback. Um, you know, he had a double interception game just, uh, you know, like a few a few weeks back against Auburn, against my team. And um, he's really good. You know, he's long. He's six foot one. He's got six passes defensed, two interceptions already this year. He's as good or as plain as good as any cornerback in college football at this moment in time. Got Patrick Sertain. Patrick Surtain, the second, his dad, again, was another NFL player who I remember. Makes makes you feel old, you know, when you when you were watching them play and now you're watching their sons play. Um, Alabama, good bloodlines. He's doing well. You know, like, he's, he's probably corner number one for me. Caleb Farley, Virginia Tech. Um, another big, you know, outside corner. Declared early. He's a good player. He's got good tape on. Sean Wade out of Ohio, I was a little bit disappointed with. I was on him last year. I wanted the Raiders to take him if he was going to declare. Played in the slot last year. Really good tackler. Really good blitzer. Looked like a really good chess piece corner. I understand he went back to Ohio because he wanted to show he could live on the outside. If you can be an outside corner, you're going to get drafted higher. You're going to make more money. He would have been the first rounder last year. Anyway, as a um, slot corner, he's that good. He's played outside. He's been burnt a few times. You know, it's been a bit of an um, up and down season for him at Ohio. I would say he's got all the athletic traits. You know, when athleticism, it's an athlete's game now. You know, people will draft athleticism above production nowadays. Um, uh, yeah, and um, he, he's he's probably I was probably down slightly for him, uh, Sean Wade. Um, I was I expected a little bit more from him. He's a five-star recruit and stuff, and he and he hasn't. He, he'll win a lot of battles outside, but he's gonna. He, he's he's shown some, shown a bit of a curve, you know, as he's as he's learning that outside position. So yeah, it's the a tough position classic. to come into as well, isn't it? As a rookie straight into the NFL. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, position at corner. You're going to have some teeth and pains with somebody like Sean Wade if you're going to stick him on the outside. You know, you're going to have some teeth and pains. Um, but then again, you know, you never know because we've, you know, like there's there's positions which are used in the college game and it doesn't necessarily play at the player's strengths. Like you were talking about Thomas, your guy, and I was talking about just how often tackles will struggle in pass, you know, like in pass pass blocking, and it's because in the NFL. Cornerback, uh, quarterbacks are playing out of underneath the centre. They have to drop back. They have to go to first, second, third reads. You're asking people to block them three times longer than what they had to in yeah. college. You know, whereas the quarterback was out of shotgun primarily, they would normally have a predetermined read who they were thrown to. Someone like Thomas was just blocking for like one and a half seconds. Now he's being asked yeah. to block for three, four seconds as Daniel Jones goes through his really mechanical read of the field. You know what I mean? And, and yeah, we had it with Colton Miller. You know, offensive tackle is going to take a time to gel. And that's just somebody like Penny Sewell, whose generation is just going to probably hit the ground running. Yeah, you're going to have yeah. that. You're going to have that from offensive tackles who come into the league. And cornerbacks, you know, in the college game, they play off, they play off coverage so much, they play so much zone. You know, the guy who I love, who was at Auburn, who even I didn't see, being as good as what he has been, Jamel Dean, you know, for um, for Tampa, for Jamie's yeah. team, you know, he's he Unreal. was a massive corner, like two hundred and twenty pounds. Looked like a linebacker playing corner for Auburn, and he would get burned. He would get burned continually because he would be giving players a ten-yard cushion, and of course, they would eat that cushion. And he's like this big tank on the outside, and he hasn't got this great hip swivel. In the NFL, the kid's balled out. He's one of the best lockdown corners that, that, of the last, you know, of, of the last season and a half. You know, of last half yeah. of last season, he came in, shut down Michael Thomas, shut down Julio Jones. You know, it's locked up some really good because in the in, in the NFL, they've got him playing press, they've got him using his size, they've got him getting in, they've got him getting in, getting in wide receivers' faces, they've got him playing in press coverage. You know, he's he's lost about twenty pounds and coming down to about two hundred pounds, and. You know, so it, it, you've got you've got to project a little bit because the college game doesn't always play at the strengths of the players yeah. as what the NFL does. You know. So you talked about who is you talked about next season. Who's the most impressed you this season from rookie classes? Well, you, we'll talk about who's your pick for offensive rookie of the year and who's impressed you. Yeah. Well, I think if you if you go into offensive rookie of the year, you've got to look at the two quarterbacks on you, and you've got to go. Well, well both of them are really good. Both of them are both of them are good. And, and I'm a bit gutted because I had Herbert down as a bust. I didn't. I wasn't very high on him. You know, I really wanted him to feel. If you, I'm quite, <laughs> if you if you've got an opinion on someone, the worst thing you want to be is proved wrong. A bit like Tom's now starting to prove us wrong with Blake Martinez. <laughs> and I was like, he was rubbish at Green Bay. What a waste of money. And lo and behold, the frigging guy's only doing well and I'm having to eat some humble pie every single day. <laughs> but don't you worry, the second that he does something wrong, Tom, I'm going to be on the front of you straight away. Going, I told you. I was right all along. <laughs> to be fair, I've been quiet about him this week because the, the Eagles schemed well against him. He only made two tackles. Yeah. Um, but, they, you know, and and um, what's it called? <laughs> Sanders Sanders ran all over us, to be fair. Um, yeah. I've been a bit quiet about him, but he's allowed one game. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> So yeah, he's allowed one. He's allowed one bad game. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking there's more in the pipeline, Tom. I'm thinking there's more bad ones in the pipeline. Green Bay fans will probably tell you there's more in the pipeline. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but going back to your question, offensive rookie of the year, it's going to be one of the quarterbacks. 
<coughs> Apologies. It's really what what you want. Do you want you know what you want for dessert? A uh, vanilla ice cream guy, which is really dependable, and you're always going to like it. And if you get a really good vanilla ice cream, it's going to make you go, "Wow, that's nice." Or oh, yeah, a black forest gato guy, you know, <laughs> like where you like all the cherries and all the cream. And sometimes you can have a bad, a bad black forest gato where it's dry and it tastes really rubbish. And that's kind of like one's trustworthy and is doing the job. The other one's fancy and makes all the throws, but might fall on his ass. The trusty one is Joe Burrow. You know, he's came in. He's 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 got a shell of offensive line. He's made, He's he's got players like Tyler Boyd and T Higgins. He's got a really good receiving core. He's thrown the ball forty times a game. You know, um, you know, he's he's already looking the leader of that team. You know, um, and he's playing behind a really like a generationally bad offensive line where he's like running for his life every single snap, every single drop back. Or you're talking Justin Herbert. This kid who's came in and is stretching the field. You know, he's throwing downfield. He's got slightly better uh, pass blockers in front of him. He's got Keenan Allen, who's criminally underrated as a wide receiver. You know, he's got uh, Mike Williams, who's a big top 10 draft pick, who's starting to become good with a bit more consistency, who's playing on the other side as a field stretcher. Hunter Henry at a tight end. You know, it's a more NFL-looking offense and what Joe Burrow's got playing with at, uh, at Cincinnati. And the kid's like lighting it up. He's thrown 300 yards, four or five. But he isn't winning. He's not winning. You know, not that Joe Burrow is either, mind you. Like, you know what I mean? No, but <laughs> I think I think them two are your, are your, are your, top, are your top two. Um, you know, like your top two. Um, outside of the quarterback position, because I don't always like the because it's such, such a leg up. I don't think, I think the quarterbacks will win it. Of course, as we found out with Josh Jacobs, I think DeAndre Swift is starting, needs to get a little bit of recognition now. I really liked him coming out of Georgia. Um, you know, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know why they don't just give him the ball and just stop giving the ball to Peterson and Johnson and just start letting Swift be the bell cow. Because he's a good player. He's a really good player. Patricia must be desperate to get the sack, something like that, because... They're starting to ride them more and they're starting to play better as a result, starting to get better results. So Swift would be just outside that. I would have Swift above Edwards Alaire at this moment in time, you know, like for the running back who's going to do best. I think Edwards Alaire has been largely meh, not that great. You know, like I might be a bit biased, but he hasn't been that mint. You know, he hasn't been, they were all going on like a proper wankathon, you know, like he was going to be coming in, he was going to these records and. You know, like have a thousand yards receiving and a thousand yards rushing, and he, 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 he can't punch on the goal. He kind of do a goal line. You know, he's, he, you know, that very first game of the season when they played the Texans, he must have given the ball on th- first and one, second and one, third and one. Couldn't punch it in. You know, he's he's good in pass protection, but he's not that great. He's nothing. He's nothing. I would take Swift. You know, like I would take Swift ahead of him. Um, J.K. Dobbins. Have a massive game this weekend, don't you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's going to be huge. And guaranteed, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Clyde Edwards-Alaire might just be my bias against the Chiefs, but just don't get it. I liked him coming out, just don't get all the hype he was getting, you know. Oh, he's a top five fantasy running back. And 
but I must have believed the hype because I took him in one draft. I've always been um, a fan going into this one. I I don't watch a lot of it, but one player I'm quite happy he's done well is, um, I've I've got his name now, what's he called? Justin, (laughs) Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't on him. No. Had him as a third. Had him as a third round prospect at the start of the draft. It was first round, like twenty, <laughs> weren't he? Yeah. So I had him as a, at the start of the draft process, I had him as a third rounder, and I had him behind <laughs> Michael Pittman Jr. So yeah, and and I, and I was like, and by the end of the draft process, I had him going in the back, like you know, like I had him in that, you know, yeah. he was going to go in the first round, but I had him outside of top thirty-two prospects. I think I had him prospect number thirty-five to forty somewhere in that kind of range, and of course. Because wide receiver, you know, pass it, catch it, stop it. You know, like I was going on before, going to get drafted high. He went to uh, um, uh, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Why the Eagles passed on him, I do not know. Um, but that's just the ineptness of, of, of that NFC East sometimes, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> got to get a cheap dig in. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but yeah, he's, he's, he's came in and just done amazing and completely, you know, I was big on T Higgins. I really like T. Higgins and was on yeah. T. Higgins and C.D. Lamb throughout the whole process. And my friend Andy, he's a, uh, he was on Justin Jefferson. And I was like, I don't even have him as a top five wide receiver, Andy. And he loved him. He loved He was on him all the way. Um, yeah, him and Burrow had a great connection in college, though, didn't they? Yeah, didn't they? yeah. And do you know what was, though? Do you know why I didn't like him, Jamie? Because at college he played slot. At college yeah. he played slot predominantly. Didn't line up outside. Most of his work came from the slot position. So you had Jamar Chaser was on the outside and he'd been playing outside and didn't have the production on the outside. So they had to move him to be a big slot. And I was thinking, well, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to draft a big slot in the top, in the top 20 picks. Are you mad? Yeah. You know, he's, not, he's not an outside guy. He can't play X or anything like that. You know, like, you, you, what, you're going to draft this slot receiver in the top 20. Of course, I got it wrong and he's came in. He's playing outside. For, <laughs> oh, I'm looking fantastic. But at, at LSU, he struggled outside. He struggled outside. That's why I didn't rate him that high. He didn't do well in, 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 on the outside. He was winning most of his games from the slot. So that's why I didn't have him that high. Excellent win stuff. Excellent stuff. Uh, I think it'd be really interesting to come back um, in uh, at the end, end of the season when we sort of have more of an idea of who's picking where, see if we can uh, maybe nail down some of your selections and Get a bit of a mock get, draft. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I know you do a lot of mock drafts, don't you, Mark? And, and you, you document them all as well. Um, so it'll be really yeah, good to see. I like where, a mock draft. Yeah. I like a mock draft. I do have one question. Sorry, guys. But, um, this is personal to me because I absolutely love him. But what are your thoughts on Jameis Winston? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what was that again? Yeah. <laughs> No, no, he really did ask you about James yeah. Winston. What's, what's oh, what's that James horse Winston? on James Winston? <laughs> right, I like college. Yeah. <laughs> Kick him out now. Kick him out now. <laughs> obviously, obviously, what you had at college is pretty much what you've seen in the NFL. You had a really big arm. He came from quite a big program. He had the ability to throw it downfields, but he was thick as mints. And I guess that's what you've seen. And I guess that's what you've kind of seen. <laughs> like I said, he won the Heisman Trophy, though, so can't really complain about that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, so 
Uh, I think that sort of wraps up really, really well. Have we have we lost Mark there? Is he gone? I think so, but he ended on a high with Jameis Winston, so I don't mind. <laughs> he's, he's, he has gone. Unfortunately, we didn't, we didn't actually kick, we didn't kick him out. You went, you went, get him out, get him yeah, out, then he froze and went. <laughs> done. Um, uh, he, he may have had battery issues or connections, something like that, but um, I was, was going to give him a chance to promote his Twitter um, because he's, he's certainly worth following yeah. uh, when it comes to draft. Um, draft time uh, what I'll do I'll just get his Twitter up now uh, I do actually know it but I'm going to just make sure I get this as it's a new episode whilst he's loading out we'll plug our own so follow us on Twitter at third short pod Instagram third shot for third, 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 third short third pod. shot <laughs> I mean this is why I do it and I'm not very good at it yeah. third short pod on Instagram and Twitter and third oh my <laughs> Oh, come in short podcast on Facebook. Third and short podcast on Facebook. He can't seem to get back in, Mark. He just messaged us. Um... And yeah, so third and short podcast on Facebook. Third short pod Instagram and Twitter, and third short pod on Ticking Talk. <laughs> um, yeah, Mark's Twitter is. Um... It's at stick a pin in it on Twitter. Uh, definitely worth following if you're if you're looking at the draft. Um, he doesn't just he talks a lot about the Raiders, so you know you have to pull with that. Um, mm. But uh, certainly when it comes around to draft time, he um, puts out a lot of mock drafts. Not obviously not just for the Raiders. He, he'll go for every team there. He'll go through the first few rounds and stuff like that. It's worth worth following. I I really enjoyed that. It was a great insight to yeah, yeah. Uh, a whole different ball game. Um, ball game is perhaps a wrong phrase, but a whole different world. Um, for, for us um, in terms of opening our minds to what is out there. College football is still pretty new to me. Um, I know Tom and I, we watched the final last year, didn't we? Uh, with an Armenian kebab shout out. Yes! Um, and um, it's, it's still very, very new um, yeah. to me. And it, it's I'm all about learning stuff. And, and I think it's quite clear. You can see Mark's sort of knowledge has come from an obsession watching football and Things like that. so, I'd, I'd love to get anywhere near that sort of level. Mm. College, college, college football but... on the rise in the UK. It's on BT Sports, Sky Sports, so it's getting a lot yeah. bigger over here as well. Absolutely, for anyone yeah. who's hard of hearing, what Jamie was just saying there was, um, <laughs> it's on BT Sports. You, you might have went there quieter. Um, but, um, I hope you've enjoyed our, our sort of second week in a row with a special guest, the second week in a row where we're doing this new format, um, usual sort of. Stuff with the Twitter. I know Jamie tried to tell you then, but, but massively cocked it up. Um, just, just, just get you. You know, if, you, if you're listening, you probably know us personally. So yeah. just get out as you've you've seen us share it on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and whatnot. Um, another mention I'm going to say uh, is if you are a friend of one of ours or you know us personally and you're really into NFL and you want to be involved in a WhatsApp group chat, get in touch with us because we will put you in the group chat. It's getting bigger and bigger, and there's more and more characters coming in there. People that are now, uh, we have, a, the, I call it the originals, which were the, the sort of five, six of us who started it a, a while ago. Uh, us three, Gaz, Josh, he's probably it, I think, for, for the originals, originals. Yeah. It's grown and grown and grown. There's people in that group, group chat now that I would consider an absolute sort of, found not a founding member, but a, a solid member. You've got Bones, you've got um, yeah. Phil, uh, even Owen. Owen's been there a lot. And Owen, yeah. if you watch the late games. Um, Owen's certainly going to be awake for that. <laughs> yeah. um, John's a lot involved. 
the moment, which is great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, if you if you're um, looking to, to if you if, like, I think Bones came into the group because he doesn't um, his mates aren't into it, so he needs someone to talk to him. He, he's he's one of the most active people in the group, I would say. Mm. Uh, yeah. And he doesn't just come out with I like red every now and then. So, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, we've put on our man HJP John. He's uh, he's coming to it. He doesn't know any of us apart from me, and he certainly slotted in. We've got Marky, you've just been listening to, has uh, come in um, purely for, for his knowledge. I was uh, sort of a chat with Thomas. So let's just get him in the group chat because it'll open certainly my eyes and perhaps other people's. But yeah, well, you've enjoyed listening again. Uh, it's been another great uh, couple of episodes this week, and um, all being well, we'll be back next week when uh, the Raiders will beat the Chiefs for the second time this season.